Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Fleming. Today, we're talking with one of my longtime friends and favorite ministry leaders, Holly Delich, about how we can help our preschoolers and elementary kids learn and grow in their faith. It's so important, and it's easier than you think. I am so excited that you're here to talk with me today. Hey, finally made the podcast. Oh, yes, you did. Love it, too. So for those of you who don't know, Holly Delich is the director of content for Kids and Family, and she's been a part of this team for at least 17 years, a long time. Long time. We have worked together for a really long time. And the thing that you might not know about Holly that I know is that she just spends like countless hours, uh, crafting tools, brainstorming things that you can use at home, creating productions like Kid Stuff and the Playhouse uh, Family Live show production. I just murdered that. <laughs> um, and all, all kinds of tools that help you at bedtime, at dinner time, all the things, because she is really committed to not only helping our kids grow in their faith while they're here with us in our church building, but also to give you mom and dad some tools to take home with them. So let's talk about it. How do we help real parents help Help their real kids develop real faith. Oh, I love this topic because it is a, the key word. I feel like is real parents because like I work on this. Like you said, seventeen years—that's a long time. Thinking about how we create tools and experiences for parents to help their kids at home have you know faith. But like a couple years ago, um, my son—I have two sons. One's in eighth grade, about to hit high school, and then one is in third grade. And uh, when my third grader was maybe six years old, we were decorating for Christmas and I looked at him and I was just like, oh, Lando. I was like, do you know whose birthday it is? And he looked at me like, whose? And I was like, (laughs) Jesus's. And he was like, oh, yeah, right. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, you don't know that Christmas is Jesus's birthday? How did we miss that? And it's just, it had been like, you know, 365 days since I told him Jesus and the baby in the manger, like, means a lot to us. And we're the official church people. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but I love that. I love talking about, like, real parenting mm-hmm. is uh, is tricky. How do you help your kids have faith in the real world? Mm-hmm. And I feel like parenting right now, it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. This you know, studies show that parents right now are feeling exhausted and overstretched. I was talking to um, my friend Jessica this morning, and she has three kids, um, two preschoolers and one elementary kindergartner. And she was just telling me about her morning, and it was chaos. She had two going to the doctor. One had an ear infection. The kindergartner had bus appreciation day, <laughs> where you have to like, give a gift card to the bus driver and draw him a little picture. And it was also February 2nd, 2022, so it was two, two, two day at school. So it was like, everybody needs to wear two of something and which is super fun, but also another thing to do. And I just feel like parents, um, parents have a lot of deadlines that we are trying to meet a lot of things that we're trying to achieve every day. And it's just, it's hard to keep the important things important, you know, because there's just so much urgent stuff. Yes. And and so one thing we want you to know, parents, as we like dive into this topic is Holly and I are both real parents. And real. when we're sitting around the table uh, with all of our counterparts, like working on this, we are real people who are going home at night and trying to fix dinner. And uh, I was telling Holly the other day, I was, I went to help my daughter with grandkids. They had a date night and there were four kids, two twin toddlers. I walked in, it was almost six o'clock. They were complete bawling melt 
meltdown. Aww. Time for dinner. I was like, oh my gosh, what's for dinner? Uh, and the two elementaries, one was on a video game. One was actually on a cold day down the street barefooted. Oh, shit. And, yeah. And I was like, and then the dog comes in covered in mud, jumps on the baby. The baby's now covered in mud. Complete clothes change. And I was like... Oh my gosh, this is this is real life. This is like uh, dinner needs to be yeah, made, uh, made. Kids are dirty, dogs are muddy. Uh, and honestly, I just as quickly as possible got everyone happy and fed and yeah. clean. And we were all said and done. And I was like, oh my goodness, we did not talk about anything meaningful at dinner. <laughs> we definitely did not pray for our food. Like we just survived. It's all right, you survived. You kept people fed. fed. It's yeah, right. 100%. I mean, four kids and a new puppy. I yeah. feel like that's a medal to itself. But I mean, I think that that's the reality of parenting, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the challenge for us is that we can very easily let the urgent crowd out the important. You know, we can say in our heads that we want our kids to have faith, you know, to know God, to love God, to love others like Jesus. But sometimes very unintentionally, we don't put our energy into it and we don't prioritize it because there is, there's so many other things that we're focusing on. Yes, for sure. And so today we're going to talk about how real parents yep. uh, can help their real kids grow in their faith because you and I, we both know it's really important and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, but it is important thing it that we is. want to be a part of our home and our family rhythm. It is. You know, one of my favorite parts um, in the Bible that talks about this is in Deuteronomy 6 and it's when Moses, you know, the guy who God used to like lead the Israelites out of Egypt with all the plagues and he helped part the Red Sea. Moses is standing in front of the Israelites and they're asking asking him, how do we help our kids know what they called the commands of God, you know, have faith. And Moses said, you got to put it into all the things you're already doing, put it in the natural rhythm of your real life. Uh, Moses said, you got to talk to them about it when they get up in the morning, when they lie down at night, when you're walking on the road. Moses even went so far as to say, like, maybe you should write it on the door frames of the house or tie it to, to your children as symbols so that they just remember because it's that important. And what I think, too, is interesting is that Moses didn't say, ah, you can just wait till they're older, till they get it when they're like teenagers or when they go to college. (laughs) I don't know if the Israelites went to college, (laughs) but, you know, he didn't say wait till they're older. He said, no, right now when they're in your home you got to teach them what it means to have real faith. So it is, it's important. Yeah. And so Holly, some of the parents who are listening, like they're brand new to this or they're just like trying to figure out where do I even start? Uh, They might have a preschooler, but they might have a fifth grader. Like, you know, they could be anywhere in, in the spectrum here. And so, I mean, overarchingly, we would say start now start today start right. where you are take a, yeah. take a first and simple step don't be overwhelmed but if you were going to give them advice like what is the first thing you would tell them well i think it's by understanding that you don't have to do it alone it can be so overwhelming to think about this big idea of faith and god and jesus and how do you make that work for someone who's 2 years old mm-hmm. What do they need to know versus what is a kid who's 10 or 12 asking questions? What does he need to know? What do we have to say? What if you yourself as a parent are just starting out in faith? How do you know what to do? Well, I think you got to ask yourself, like, what if you looked at at us as the church? Mm -hmm. What if you looked at us as your partner? 
Yes. Because you know what, parent, no, there are things that only you can do. Right. Nobody in this whole world is going to love your kid like you love them. Nobody is going to be there uh, every day, day in, day out at bedtime, uh, riding along in the car, getting ready for school. Uh, when things are hard, when life gets hard, when they're overwhelmed, scared, worried, happy, joyful, celebrating good, uh, working through worries, like you're going to be the one who loves them more than anybody walking alongside. And that means that you are going to be their primary teacher. Yep. You're going to be like the biggest influence. You're going to be the biggest voice that they listen to. And that is a good thing. Yeah. That is a great thing. Yeah, no one can replace the parent. There, yes. Yeah. And so really as, as your church and your partners, like we believe that we think you are the biggest voice and the most important voice. And so our heart's desire is to tee you up to succeed. Yeah. Like to like, just let us worry about the strategy and let us like create things and give them to you and make it as easy as possible so that that your voice can be heard. Yeah, and parents, truly, one of the easiest ways to help your kids' faith grow is by just bringing them to church on Sunday, Mm -hmm. giving them just an hour, showing them, you know, every seven days, we go to church and we learn about God, we experience community, let them sit in a small group of their peers and hear it from a small group leader and from a large group communicator. Let them hear the stories of God and the truths about why it matters and how they can live it out. Okay, so here's some tactical advice. Pray with them at night. It's really simple, but one of the, my favorite things about preschoolers is we get to be some of the first people as mom and dad and sometimes at church uh, to teach a preschooler to pray, that they can talk to God about anything, anytime, anywhere. And some of you may be thinking like, ooh, I don't even pray all the time or I'm nervous. <laughs> like preschool is the place to start. Uh, you can talk about simple things in your everyday. It's pure. It's sweet. God leans in. I know he wants to hear from your preschooler. Another tactical thing you do is to choose Bible storybooks. There's a a lot of them. I really love the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, I know my nieces, they each have a couple of Bible storybooks and they take turns picking the story every other That's night. Cool. Of course, they argue and fuss about whose turn it is <laughs> and all those things. Um, but this is another really simple, practical way of just bringing into your everyday rhythm of bedtime stories and weaving a conversation about who God is, how much he loves him, and, and helping them learn the real stories about God. Yeah, we think those conversations that you have with your preschooler um, are so important. And, you know, preschoolers ask us, what, like a billion trillion questions a day. So what have you asked your preschooler a few questions? You know, we created this thing. We think that's so important. We created this thing called the Wombaland Conversation Card. And if you uh, go to our preschool environments at our churches, um, once a month we hand this to parents. And it sort of gives them just a high-level view of, like, what kids are learning that month. Like, we call it the bottom line, um, something simple like Jesus is my good friend. And then the conversation card will just give you three age-appropriate questions to sort of talk to your kid about what does that mean? Like, who are your good friends? Why is Jesus a good friend? Very simple. You know, questions you can ask them while you're just pushing them on a swing at the playground or putting on their shoes and socks for the 400th million times they took it off, right? Um, It can be as simple as that. Yep. So parents... We gave you just like a couple tactical things that you can work into everyday life, like bedtime, pray with your preschooler, ask them good questions in the car while you're riding. Um, maybe you watched Wombaland online, which is available on our website, as are the questions if you yeah. want them. Uh, maybe you're reading a, a storybook Bible and you just ask questions that help them learn and master those stories. Connect everyday things that you see in nature and all around them to the things that God has made. These are really simple ways to help your preschooler 
begin to grow their faith. Yeah. And don't underestimate these little guys. Right. Like they can learn so much about faith. My cousin's four-year-old came home the other day and reenacted the entire church service, <laughs> like everything he learned, the whole story and got, you know, most of the details right. And it was so fun, but they preschoolers at this age, they can soak it all up and you have no idea the things you teach them now and mm -hmm. the things you say now, how that just builds mm -hmm. into who they are as they grow. Yes, they are definitely like learning machines. So work with it, parents. Okay, so let's move on to elementary. Yes, elementary. I look at this as sort of like the building block years. You know, you're building the foundational blocks of faith that they might end up standing on for the rest of their life. This is so, sort of where it starts. They're learning so much in school. They're learning about social studies and presidents and science and math and learning how to read. And they're learning the sports that they're playing or the music they're trying to learn. You know, we want to make learning about their faith just a part of their life too. So it's true. Kids are like taking in a lot of facts about who God is and what he's like and a ton of Bible stories and, and things that Jesus taught us when he walked the earth. Like we're going to continue to teach them those things. But here's this really incredible thing that's starting to happen in the elementary years is they're taking the facts about who God is and what Jesus came to do. And now they're starting to like incorporate it into what does this mean about how I live my life? And we want them to. We want them to take these big key truths and facts about uh, the things that that they're learning about God and that how they can trust him and how they can follow Jesus with their life and how they should treat other people. And we want those things to begin translating into real life action um, and, and real life application in their hearts and their lives. And one thing that we know that research has uh, borne out and taught us is that in the late elementary and early middle school years, um, children actually take big steps of faith. Yeah. They start to put their faith and trust in Jesus. They start to really like feel the conviction and understanding of what that means to them. And so during the elementary years, as far as your child like growing in their faith, they're starting to turn a corner from memorizing and learning things and, and, and the facts about truth to beginning to imply and incorporate them into their everyday life. Yeah. And in these elementary years, we think there are three core truths that we would just love it if all kindergarten through fifth graders would, you know, grow into middle school knowing, and that's God loves me. I can trust God no matter what, and I should love others the way Jesus does. You know, one of the number one things kids in elementary school are struggling with right now is stress and anxiety. But what if we could teach them that you can trust God no matter what? When you're scared of that thunderstorm at night or when your friends are being mean to you on the bus or when you don't know the answers in math or you strike out at baseball, you can trust that God is with you and it's going to be okay because he's in control. So I can trust God no matter what. We also really want them to know that God loves them, like deep down know that promise that they were made on purpose and for a purpose. These are those years that they start to realize um, how to compare each other and go, oh, I'm not the fastest runner in my class, or I'm not the best reader, or that kid went on spring break somewhere really fancy, and we just, you know, went to Chick-fil-A. Like, <laughs> you know, they start to compare, and that starts to become a thing, but we want these kids to know that they were loved and made by God. And then we want them to, like Kendra said, start living out their faith, starting to realize, like, what does it mean to love someone the way Jesus loves me? How do I treat others the way mm -hmm. Jesus treated me? And really starting to put that into practice. 
So parents, again, we're going to kind of go to like, what is the practical, tactical, what does this look yeah. like in, in your everyday life? Because we know there will be a greater chance that this will happen in your home on a regular basis when it is attached to other rhythms that naturally happen in your home. Uh, one of my favorite rhythms is bedtime. I mean, uh, bedtime is a great time not only to like start praying with your kids. I hope I, I hope you do that even as they start younger, but it's never too late to start doing that. But to start engaging in conversations. I mean, through the day, you might have said like, how was school today? Do you have any homework? And their answers are fine. Yes. Good. How was math? Yeah. Right. Good. Did you get, how was that test? Hard. You know, you get all these one word answers, but sometimes there's something magical that happens at bedtime where kids just want to open up. They want to share a little bit more about their day. Maybe it's just a huge stall tactic. I was going to say, sometimes they're stalling <laughs> yes. for sure. I don't know exactly what it is, but bedtime is one of those prime times in the rhythm of your day that you should take advantage to connect uh, more discussions around who God is and their faith into their everyday. Yeah. And sometimes it is the questions you ask because sometimes, you know, our kids come home after school and they do, they give you the one word answer about their whole day. And you know that a lot went on in those hours they were gone, but maybe they don't have all the words to say it. And so we, we created this tool because we just thought this was so important to try to get to Asking our kids those questions, not only just about their day, but about their heart and what they're worried about or what they're feeling. So we created this thing. We call it End the Night Right. And it was really just a tool for uh, full of magnets where kids could pick um, how they felt about their day. And it was funny stuff like lightning bolts or drama llamas or uh, a pug with sunglasses on doing a dab, like silly stuff. But it would make kids laugh and go like, all right, tell me which one, which one of these describes your day? Which three describe your day? And man, did it open up a whole different type of conversation. And what was so cool about it is that um, parents were telling us that like, not only did their kids tell them things that they wouldn't have told them otherwise, but then it allowed parents to sort of engage. And we gave them this tool at the in the back that was sort of a list of scriptures that was like, okay, so let's say we've identified that you're feeling really worried today about something. Well, let me show you what God says about it. God says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And then parents have such an easy way to pray with their kid at night of like, all right, God, when we're worried about whatever it is, when we're worried, God, we're just going to give that to you because we know you love us and you care for us. Yeah. Like bedtime, it is. It's really a great time mm -hmm. when we're not too tired yeah. <laughs> as parents. Yeah. It's such a great time to talk to our kids about and close the day in the right way. Yes, 100%. I love that tool. And one of the things I love about it is you it, it, we, we try to set you up so you don't have to personally know all the verses right. or look them up really quick. Like they're really at your fingertips and it's kid friendly fun that they're just ready to talk about. So if you're listening and you have never gotten one of our in the night, right tools, and you would like one, we're going to put a link in our show notes for you to get one. And we would love to send it to you. Definitely. Uh, you know, one thing I would just love to say, uh, about bedtime as a mother of four uh -huh. and, uh, uh, my husband worked a lot of nights, so a lot of times it was me home alone, that there are times that bedtime is very stressful. <laughs> there, For sure. I, I will have to say I'm not proud of it, but I have yelled my kids to bed on more than one <laughs> occasion. <laughs> I have said, like, get your bath, get in bed, we're done, because I need to chill for a minute. So I don't want to, like, put such a lofty standard that there are, we just can't all say, like, hey, there are times when we don't have the energy or the steam for these kinds of conversations or these kinds of moments. But if they are pretty consistent. If you take advantage of the moment 
a good deal of the time and you give yourself a break when you need a break, I think you're going to find that you will look back on that time and be like, we had some really great, meaningful conversations. Yeah, we are not trying to put pressure on you at parents at all. We're just trying to help you think about how do I intentionally leverage these moments, these things that I'm I'm already putting a kid to bed. Yeah. Um, So how do I just, you know, make that conversation count? Yeah, 100%. Okay, another time we recommend you take advantage of is drive time. Like the time you're in the car, like you're at carpool, you're horseback riding lessons, sports, Chick-fil-A drive through all the things. Uh, Yeah. So what advice do you have about leveraging drive time? Yeah. Well, I think it's, again, it's just being mindful of like, that's a place where everybody's in the car and strapped Mm -hmm. in and you got a little bit of time and maybe you have a lot of time. And we uh, created this thing in Upstreet called the car tag. And it's similar to the Wombaland conversation card, but it's like, uh, it has a little hang tag that you can sort of just hang on your mirror because we know that's when parents have time with their kids talking in their car. Um, and the car tag is really just designed to help give you a few intentional questions to ask your kid about what they're learning. So like if we're learning about honesty, the, the questions might be, all right, hey, have you ever been lied to? How did that feel? Um, why do you think God wants us to be people who tell the truth? It's again, just little starter questions that are easy to ask and easy to answer, but it helps you just sort of take that conversation about lying and just point them towards God and what he might want them to, to make a different choice. Yeah. You know, Holly, one more thing I wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about earlier is uh, our online jumpstart, because there are going to be some parents who are listening to this and they're thinking like, my kid is asking a lot of questions, my elementary child about faith. Like they're asking, what does it mean to follow Jesus? How do I, how do I pray the prayer and put my faith? I want to get baptized. What does that mean? So uh, one thing I want you to know, parents, is that that's awesome. That is normal. Your kids are going to ask a million questions. And uh, if you attend one of our area churches, but even if you don't, we are working on an online jumpstart presentation. That's what we call it here, which is really like the presentation of the gospel for children with homework pieces and all the things. So we're going to put some links to that in our show notes. But if your kids are having, asking you real questions about faith and they, and they are asking you questions that you're like, I don't know what the next step is. I would a hundred percent recommend that you bring them to jumpstart or you grab this online presentation because it will really point you through the next few steps for your kids. All right, parents. So I hope we've established that nobody loves your kids like you do. Like you love them the most. And what happens at home in your home and your real home and your real schedule uh, is more important than what happens at church or anywhere else. I know you're shocked that I would say that, but I 100% believe. So when you're teaching your kids about faith, I want you to remember that every small step you take They will add up time and time again. Those small, simple steps that you just start where you are, uh, those simple conversations, those regular little questions, those watching a video with your kids or reading a storybook Bible, they will add up and they are going to make a big difference in the faith of your child. So thank you so much for joining both Holly and I. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. 